Yes! Hey! Yes! Take that 100. We're back. Wait, this is like one or two. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You should have told him, turn your, turn your volume down. A yeah, little, little, little ep- What do we call that? Episode nostalgia? I don't know. What? Just looking back and thinking, man, 100 was great. Yeah. It's time I think to that's look just ahead. nostalgia, right? There are new things ahead. We're doing a new thing. I think that's just nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> Episodic nostalgia syndrome. Here we are. Chase, how are you? Man, I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. I, uh, last minute cup of coffee. I would like our listening uh, audience to know that you actually brewed the entire Coyote Fitness Podcast staff coffee this morning. Yeah, I was That's, re- uh, that was very nice. Of it was everybody, you know. It just lifted the mood instantly. Yeah, which know? is really a, an impressive feat because it's a really dreary mood. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, it's a great cup of coffee. Speaking of cups of coffee, and great, what a great habit! What a great routine and recovery Way of life. method. Yeah, caffeine to keep you feeling good. Mm-hmm. Wait, routine habits. habits? Those are two of five great <laughs> ways to have a successful fitness career. Is it not? Full disclosure: oh, This yeah. is the kind of episode I love the most. Why? I'm a list guy, and like. You know, the thing is, I talk too much about everything. We were discussing this off mic for 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, but to get a list of like, perfect, I'm in the flow of life, I'm, in a, I'm on a drive or I'm, you know, whatever it is, on a walk or something. Just give, give me the list, man. Because give me I, the list. Give me I the need list. some things to, because we all need things to refocus, especially if we're pursuing fitness. It's like, all right, let's stay on track here. Is this like universal or are these things that are like helpful, helpful list? Because well, you love yeah. Malcolm Gladwell, which we talk about often, I realize, on this podcast. But he is not to the point. Yes. There's a difference between like entertainment, which is why uh, we have the second half of this podcast every time we yeah, release. Pure entertainment. There's a difference between entertainment and like this is going to be very helpful. Okay. And the helpful thing, I'm not saying it has to be succinct, like just bullet points, but I need to be able to remember what you said after I turn the episode off. Especially if it's like, do this with your life. Mm-hmm. Give me a list. Let's get going. So you know? get your notepads out. Get yeah, your pens out. Yeah, pull out your pens. Get and your notes in the in the phone ready. Get your, here we go. All right, yeah, we're going to Brene Brown this episode. That's right. So we got to start with one, which we uh, we have a pretty solid plan here. Yeah, so we're going to, this is going to be a six-parter. It's like six, a, this is an overview episode. Yeah, this is a, so this, we're going to be a six-part uh, series right here. Yeah, we're dipping our toe in the water. We've never list. done that. It's a solid list. I mean, you know. So have we, we got, ever intentionally done a multiple parter, or are we just usually long? We've done we've yeah. done a two parter, but we've never done a six parter. Yeah, no. This is <laughs> a new PR. This I is a new record. This is uncharted. Put territory. that in sugar water. <laughs> two to yeah. six, baby. Yeah, put it on. What's, that should be a category. Coyote Fitness episode of Sugar Wad. That way, every time we log one, it says I am awesome. <laughs> I am awesome. We did an episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's start with one. So the, this is like uh, you show up for class right. day one, and you're getting the syllabus. So yeah, so so mm. this is a uh, this is the uh, the five um, the five things or areas of of life that'll make you uh, more fit. Or if you're trying to get in, in, elite fitness or just improve your fitness, the five areas that um, that are going to help you get there, and we're going to go into each one in depth. Um, down the road in, in, in the episodes to follow, but we're just going to do a, a five-part overview right now. Perfect. All right, let's start with one. Where do we start? Number one is just training in general. Uh, just it's training, man. Training, it's yeah. Just train. It's the grind. What, what training, uh, number one, what you should be doing or, yeah, what we think you should be, should be doing and then how you should do it when you come in the gym. And this is kind of uh, the differentiator between what we do in the gym compared to um, – what you might have done in the past or what you do um, 
you know, Mondays back and buys, Tuesdays chest and tries, that type of thing. Wednesdays never leg day. Apple pies. <laughs> Wednesday calf raises. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so not only what, you know, kind of how we do our, our training um, and programming at our gym, but also kind of how you as a as a member, uh, we recommend you do the workouts when, when you show up. So um, number one is just space. It's it's training. Um, do we want to go over the five and then go in the detail or well, do we want to go in? I think it would be helpful just to kind of stop there and say the class basics. Yeah. To go through them in order. Like, yeah, yeah. The class basics, there's, um, a lot of intentionality in what happens in that hour mm-hmm. and really sometimes less than an hour. Yeah. Uh, the, it's run so efficiently, but everything from the time around uh, the TV where the, the coach is instructing how to go through the workout, even starting with. Uh, a little bit of mobility and whether it's a roller or a lacrosse ball or a static stretch or, I mean, everything is really well thought out. And I think we were discussing this the other day. Uh, I think a lot of people don't even realize that those workout notes include all of that. Yeah. So you can see everything is really well thought out throughout the course of the week. Yeah. On SugarWatt, it has the notes for the whole week and uh, each day on specifically how to attack certain workouts. But who put, who runs SugarWatt? Who implements that? I do. I put yeah. it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Detail guy. Mm-hmm. Detail. Very detailed. Yeah, it is very detailed. Yeah. Um, so the so the training would be um number one, what you do it, and number two, how you do it. And so that I mean that would kind of be the two the two prong approach for, for the gym. What you do is functional fitness and functional training. That's what we do. We, you know, CrossFit methodology. Um everything is based around um doing movements. The body was meant to f- perform multi joint movements um that are gonna uh, give you the most power output and do the most work in the least amount of time. And so that's, that's where fitness comes. And, you know, that's the magic, the magic pill for fitness, um, is, um, power output, which is, which would be, um, you know, moving your, your body, um, you know, across, you know, as fast as you can. And then also doing, you know, moving weights across distances quickly. So like, uh, that's why a thruster is so potent because you're moving weight over a long period of time, you know, Efficiently, yeah, range of motion, yeah, 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 and uh, that's why gymnastics are such a potent tool because you're using your body weight to um, move and in, uh, in, in different different you know planes of, of movement and also you know getting a lot of power output. So we're not going to go into like the the formula for work and power output. You can look that stuff up, and that's a, that's a episode for another day because we'd have to go really into the weeds for that. But basically. Um, when we're doing stuff, we're thinking about what is going to give you the most bang for the buck in the shortest amount of time. And that's why you're going to be doing weightlifting. You're going to do gymnastics. You're going to be doing running and rowing and, uh, biking and, and jump rope. And we're going to combine and do all that type of stuff into, um, lots of different, um, ways, varieties of ways. So your body's always guessing, but it's all structured to, you know, over a, a five, 10 week, 15, 15 week plan. And it's all meant to fit together. So that's the, uh, the, the, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts of the program. And then how you do it is reading the notes, making sure you're trying to get the intended stimulus. So if we're doing a workout, that's meant to be, you know, a shorter, faster, high intense workout, like a five to 10 minute workout. And you're picking a weight that's too heavy and you're just kind of sitting there dropping it, doing one or two reps and looking at it, well, you're not really getting the intended stimulus. So, you know, doing, you know, having the right workout is important, but also doing the work, the workout, the way it was meant to be performed is incredibly important. That's why we have the the three tracks. So you can know, Hey, these are my goals. 
my goal is to live a fit and healthy life for the rest of my life. And I'm not interested in competing ever. And I don't really care about lifting super heavy weights or, you know, doing higher skills. I just want to, you know, maybe lose 20 or 30 pounds, or I want to be able to play with my grandkids. Then you need to be doing the majority of fitness, fitness workouts. Or if your goal is to compete and get better at that aspect of the sport and you want, you know, to do higher skill movements like walking on your hands and doing ring muscle ups, then yeah, you need to be doing 70, 80% of your workouts competition. So that's kind of how the tracks come into play. And so, um, not only is it important what you do, it's how you do do the given workouts on a given day. Yes, there's so much behind it. Uh, a couple of misses are not being willing to drop a track because you you know you have a one day plan instead of a 15 week plan, and a little bit of a pitfall there because Coyote Fitness does so much of the thinking for you, and uh, you start bringing your own thinking to that, which leads us if if the type of training that is given to you and the way you engage with it um, and a lot of that comes down to consistency. We'll get to that later. If those are the wins, the loss would be trying to do multiple types of training in combination with Coyote Fitness methodology that is so comprehensive, you're going to be double dipping and fighting against yourself. Yeah, I think when you're trying to do extra work and you're you're picking and choosing things from other programs or seeing something on Instagram that somebody else was doing, adding it in, and it's not meant to go with what you're already doing, and then that we, you can really start, you know, negatively affecting yourself and even be going backwards because your, your body has to recover from what you're doing already. And if you're doing something that's going to take away from that recovery, um, by doing something similar, it's just going to put yourself in a really deep hole and it can, uh, really negatively affect your, your progress. And that's something that I've done in the past is trying to mix and match different programs. And this looks good. I'm gonna take this here, this here, and not taking into account how it's going to affect what you've already done. And that that's definitely something that you can do and, and derail your progress. So if you are trying to do extra work, I would highly recommend doing the extra work that is already programmed supplemental to the class because it's meant to go with the class. And all that is taken into account um, when when you're doing extra you know, strength training, it's taking into account what you've already done. It's taking into account what tomorrow is going to be. So you're not setting yourself up to show up tomorrow and be completely gassed and not able to put a high output in a workout. That's something that I see a lot of people do is I'm going to do this extra, you know, work on this given day, not taking into account, well, tomorrow you're going to be doing a whole lot of similar movement patterns and you're not going to be able to have a whole lot of intensity for them because you already smoked your smoked yourself in that given area. Whereas it would be better to do whatever is designed to go with that specific day on that specific day so that the next day you can still have the intensity for what we're doing on that day. Um, so that's kind of, that's, that's definitely, I, I think in, incredibly important is not trying to take other stuff and putting it with what is, is it's not meant to go with. Yeah. Perfect. That frustration can lead you to a lot of incorrect solutions yeah. you know, and it's only going to frustrate injury, you injury, overtraining, all that type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. This is kind of a, a hot topic for us here on the podcast. We're going to graze it here and uh, see what I did there and then get back to, <laughs> Get back to this for a full episode, but diet, the big win and kind of the big loss. So the first is training, next is diet. Yeah, number two, definitely diet. And uh, we could probably make the case that diet is the foundation of everything CrossFit does. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can, uh, we see it all the time. People come to the gym five to six days a week, every single week. And yeah, they, maybe they get fitter, maybe they get stronger, but their body doesn't change a whole lot because their diet is, is out of whack or, a lot of times we'll see people that are coming and they're not getting near enough protein and 
Um, they're just not able to recover. They're not able to put on the muscle in their body. They're not, their performance doesn't really improve as much as it could if they had their diet in check. So diet is incredibly important. And whenever we're talking about diet, we're always talking about the two sides of it, the, the quality of food and the quantity of food. And you got to have them both in check if you want to optimize your performance. And the quality of food is what you're putting in your body and what you're not putting in your body. You know, eating uh, lean meats, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, um, and avoiding or limiting alcohol. Those are going to be the the quality of food, you know, and eating, you know, staying around the perimeter of the grocery store if you're looking at it that way, um, trying to avoid the, you know, the non-perishable foods. Like if it has an expiration date in a year, it's probably going to be hard for your body to digest it. Um, if it's going to expire within a week because it's real food, then that's that's definitely more for what, what your body's going to be able to um, – to take in. And then also that's avoiding foods that cause inflammation and everybody is, is different in that aspect. And, um, you can kind of figure that out for yourself through trial and error. You can have a blood work done and get that determined for you. Um, but also in general, most people have trouble digesting certain foods like dairy, um, you know, gluten, that type of stuff typically is, is hard for people to digest and it can cause inflammation in your gut, which can wreak havoc on the rest of your body and how the rest of your body works. So that's the quality side. And then the quantity, I mean, in, in basic, I mean, if you're trying to lose weight, you got to eat, take in more food, more calories or fewer calories than you, than you burn. Um, and that's just the simple arithmetic of it. And I mean, there's a million different ways people try to do that, but really it's quantity, uh, calories in versus calories out is how you lose weight. If you're trying to gain weight, then you need to eat more calories, um, than you, uh, burn every single day. And then you also got to take into account the macro, uh, breakdown of that, which protein by far is the most important. So eating the right amount of food and making sure you're getting close to your body weight of protein every single day is, is the, the, the quality, uh, quantity of food aspect. So the two sides of the coin for, for for food or quantity of food, quality of food. So you have just eviscerated every tailgate ever, right? So uh, I, and foods that cause inflammation <laughs> uh, don't right. expire for a year, too many calories, more calories than you need. Uh, so we're going to talk about this, and we have talked about this a lot. Yeah. It's not that you don't ever go to a tailgate, but just having that awareness of what, and our food recall is terrible. We talk about that a lot as well, but... Uh, it is um, just kind of gut-wrenching to see someone working so hard when they show up at one of the locations and they've really sabotaged themselves for 72 hours before that workout. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with going to the tailgate, but having a plan and making part of your overall plan is is really important. Uh, if you just go there without any type of plan whatsoever, you're going to end up way overeating. And then if also you haven't built that into your whole week plan – um, knowing that I'm going to be going to this tailgate on Saturday, you you can set yourself up to to really take a, a, a couple steps back just with that one day. Whereas if you kind of had that planned into your whole week, that can be part of your whole week plan and not not affect you at all. So that's where having a plan that either you come up with yourself or having a coach help you come up with is is incredibly important if you're going to be doing that type of stuff regularly. So um, I think we should probably address this now. We do, we don't do a lot of this on the podcast, but because this is so foundational, as you said before, um, Coyote has attempted to and actually experienced a lot of success in solving this intentionally as well for the client base. 
So there are a couple of things that roll out every year and things that are going on all year long to help with this diet portion of these foundations. Yeah. So the basic, you know, when I'm talking to people about diet, um, I, I basically say we do three kind of three different levels of, of diet coaching with our, our members. The first would be just the foundational, what we go over diet and on ramp, what we talk about on the podcast, what we put out in our new, uh, articles and our weekly email and, you know, social media, that type of stuff, We're always trying to put good information out there for people so they can kind of, um, try to figure it out themselves. But some people that's not enough and they need a little bit more help and they need a little bit more guidance. So that would be, you know, kind of the, the second tier of that would be the beach body challenge, which we do twice a, twice a year now, um, once in the spring and once in the fall. And that's a six week challenge, but it's not just about six weeks. You know, we want, people to make progress in the six weeks, but the ultimate goal for that, and we always talk about over and over and over again um, at the meetings is that we want you to help you to develop habits and teach you um, a healthy way of eating that you're going to be able to sustain for years. And so that's what that is about is helping people determine how much food they need to be eating and how, uh, what kind of, what types of food they need to be eating and the other aspects of, of diet and weight loss and being able to create a habit out of that and do it consistently for an extended period of time. And then the top level is sometimes, you know, that's not enough or some people just want somebody that's going to hold them accountable and help them make a plan week in and week out. And that's where the one-on-one diet coaching comes into play. So there's really three different tiers and everybody falls in different areas of that. Some people can do it on their own. Some people want somebody that's, that's along for the ride with them. And a lot of times, a lot of people, you know, people know what they need to be doing. They just can't get themselves to do it and they need that accountability. And that's where, um, a lot of times that one-on-one diet coaching comes into play, but um, that's the kind of the three different levels and you can kind of figure out which works best for you personally. Um, but yeah, the one-on-one diet coaching has had tremendous success. And then the beach body challenge has had tremendous success um, with people as well. And then there's a lot of people that have had tremendous success doing it on their own um, just with, you know, getting the info that we give them um, and implementing in their own life. So each person is individual in that aspect and they have to determine what's best for them but we try to, to, to provide, you know, avenues for all three of those categories for people to succeed in all, all three of those areas. Yeah. It's, it's not about monetizing. It's about keeping the client base from getting stuck unnecessarily. That's really what it's about. Yeah. Trying to help each particular person in the best way that's going to help them specifically. All right. So training diet, those are two very big ones, obviously Mm -hmm. with foundational things, these are going to be no brainers, but really just putting them all together is what we're doing here in this episode. Yeah. Uh, this is one that a lot of people get wrong accidentally. Yeah. Recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Recovery is imperative. I mean, you can only make progress, um, when, in, when you're recovering from what you're doing, you know, it's not really what you're doing. It's how you're recovering from it. And a lot of people are <clears throat> burning in at both ends, you know, working 40, 50, 60 hours a week at work and then training four five, six hours a week. And then sleeping five, six hours a night and your body just can't recover from that. And their body is, is starting to break down and um, getting worse and just getting run down. And that's um, that's that's can really derail your progress and actually make you take uh, setbacks. And so the ultimate the most important thing for recovery is getting enough sleep. And we talk about all the time trying to get at least eight hours of sleep every single night. And that can really be a game changer for you in your health and your fitness and how you feel and all that type of stuff. And so many people will say they can't get eight hours of sleep, but when you look at it, they're watching Netflix for two hours a night, you know, or getting on social media, like, 
we've talked before about being able to determine how much time you're spending on your phone. And most people are spending three, four, five hours a day on their phone, um, scrolling and looking, whatever. If you can cut that stuff out and start getting more sleep, that's going to, you know, benefit you tremendously. And it's going to help you so much in every area of your fitness. Um, and that's the foundation of recovery. And then there's, you know, if you can get that, you know, always start with that. And then if you're getting enough sleep, then we can start looking at a lot of other stuff that's going to help, you know, sauna. We put the sauna in in Madison because um, it's so imperative or it's not imperative, but it has so many benefits um, that are going to help you with your fitness and also with your health. There, you know, We're not going to go into all that, but you can look up like, benefits of sauna and there's just, there's so, there's too many to name off. And so that, that's another thing that can help with your recovery, you know, getting massages if you can do that you know doing mobility making sure you're doing the mobility every day in class and then doing extra mobility on stuff that you need to need need for yourself like soft tissue work you do it at home like people have the massage guns or lacrosse balls at home or stretching at home um you know cold showers contrast showers there's a million different ways to improve your recovery but you're not going to make progress from from stuff that your body can't recover from and so you can only improve from what your your body is recovering from and a great sign that you're not recovering enough is you're always having something bothering you like you're always having a knee that's flaring up or a shoulder or a hip or a, you know whatever it is or you're always feeling run down when you come to the gym if that's you then you're doing either you're doing too much or you're not recovering you're not doing enough recovery so that's that's the third third one for sure is being able to recover from what you're doing so part of the pitfall here what's going on and I I mean I've think we have to actually call this out. You have the the Jocko and the Goggins, and there are so many other people trying to impersonate those folks, uh, where it's like if you're not strapping on the running shoes at 345 in the morning and you don't have a 17-hour day that has three sessions of training, that's just wildly popular right now, the 75 hard. and yeah. uh, I'm not necessarily knocking those systems. I'm just saying it's created this culture inside the fitness industry where recovery is not really celebrated. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't have Instagram accounts blowing up because the guy's like, hey, this lacrosse ball routine. It's more about I can – these are the number of pull-ups that really should have destroyed me in 24 hours or the things that get views are actually distorting people's mindset about having balance in their approach. So pace of life and also um, n- not recovering in between – it's about what you're doing when you're uh, exercising, but also about all the stuff that you're trying to cram in in a 24-hour period. That's why that sleep piece is so important because it forces you to stop for that eight-hour uh, segment of 24 hours, right? Yeah, and, I mean, people will watch CrossFit Games athletes and see what they're doing and <clears throat> see the Proven Program or the uh, Rich Froning Program, uh, the Mayhem Program, or any of the other programs, and they're like, what? that's what these people that are going to the games do and I need to be doing it. But you don't see like that is their full-time job. They train all day, but then they spend hours on recovery, hours on recovery. They get nine, 10 hours of sleep every single night. They're going to the sauna, they're getting massages, they're doing multiple hours a day of mobility work. And if you have a full-time job, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Just forget about it. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to do that. You're going to wear yourself out into the ground. You're going to get hurt. Um, And so if if you have if you're trying to spend if you have an extra 30 minutes a day and you want to make progress i would spend that time on recovery and mobility and stretching way before i would add an extra 30 minutes of training like that is going to help you way more um in the long run and also in the short term in your progress and being able to do that 
Now, if you are showing up to the gym every single day and feeling good and you're not having any issues and you're feeling recovered all the time, then yeah, start adding in more training and more volume. But if you're not and you're, you're having the knee, you're having the elbow, you're having the shoulder issue and you're feeling run down all the time and you're feeling stressed and all that type of stuff, more training is not going to fix all that. You need more recovery. Yeah, it would be awesome uh, if people could get to a place where they're after, after the wide thinking, I need to do some extra work, and mobility is actually a viable option. Yeah. You know, getting that lacrosse ball out. It's, or, not, it's not sexy, and it's not what um, people want to watch on YouTube. They don't want to watch a YouTube video of somebody doing mobility for an hour or two hours, but that's what, that's what those people are doing. They're just not putting it out there. I, I mean, I always go back to this – podcast I heard or video I heard of Matt Frazier back when he was training um, to compete at as an individual and he talked about Sunday his rest day that he would be on the floor for eight hours doing mobility and foam rolling and stretching and lacrosse ball work while he was watching TV eight hours like that's all day he was just stretching and mobilizing and that's the reason he was able to train at such a high volume if you're not doing that that amount of mobility forget about trying to do what they're doing because you're not going to be able to your body's going to break down all right, next idea for the Coyote YouTube channel, <laughs> how to get a front rack. I mean, I can see the thumbnail, and probably 80% of our population, including myself, would need to watch that on repeat. I thought you were going to say hours of Hunter stretching. <laughs> I ASMR. Don't stretch that One much. big live stream. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't stretch that much, but I don't train enough to, to, to be able to need to stretch that much. I should stretch more, you know, and um, if I had more time, I would, but – to me like that is not the top priority in my life but right now if getting fitter is more is your top number one priority then you need to be doing more of that and so I do as much as I can I still I have to do I do stuff at home I do a lot of stuff on my feet at at home because my feet give me a lot of issues and I do stuff on my my traps and work on my problem areas just to stay healthy um but I don't do enough, and I would argue most people don't. Most people don't, yeah. So, which that actually beautifully leads into the next one. So, we started with training, we moved to diet, we talked about recovery. Now we're getting into habits. Yeah. So, habits, um, everybody has habits. Um, everybody does. And I would say a lot of people aren't just aren't aware of what their habits are. And so, number one is becoming aware of what your habit is. And <clears throat> Then being um, diligent about creating the habits that you want that that are going to lead you to where you want to be. And so if I'm thinking about what I want to accomplish in life or in fitness, say you want to lose 30 pounds, well, then we need to think about, all right, well, what habits do you need to create that are going to allow you to do that? Because once it becomes a habit, it's going to be harder for you not to do it than it is to do it. And I think people will see uh, people that go to the gym every single day and be like, how do they have such willpower? And it's not willpower at all. It's just they have created that, and it's a habit, and it's literally harder for them not to go to the gym than it is to go to the gym at that point. And so it takes you know 28 days or so to create a habit. And so you got to be aware of what habits um, you have in your life and trying, and trying to be um, – diligent about creating the habits that are going to help you get to where you want to be. And that is, you know, diet. And I mean, it's all three of the areas we just talked about. It's the habit of going to the gym at least four days a week. It's the habit of eating um, the right foods and tracking it every single day. It's the habit of doing the mobility in class every single day. And then also spending an extra five, 10 minutes outside of class working on the mobility stuff that you need to be doing. It's the habit of getting 
eight and a half, eight, eight and a half hours of sleep, getting in bed at the same time every night, go, you know, getting up at the same time every morning, that type of stuff. It's creating habits that are going to help you uh, sustain uh, whatever you're trying to do for the long period of time. And that's something that I've worked on for myself in my fitness journey as I've uh, gone, gotten past competing you know, I went the opposite direction and I wasn't hardly training at all because I was doing, you know, working on the business so much and trying to, trying to grow that, that my fitness kind of went out the window and my health, you know, my eating habits went out the window. And so I had to take a step back and say, all right, well, I need to start creating, um, a, a positive habit that's going to last me for the rest of my life. And so that's when I really started focusing on trying to work out 250 times a year and trying to make sure I track my food every single day, trying to make sure I get 100 ounces of water every single day, trying to make sure I get at least eight hours of sleep every night. And now all that stuff has become a habit for me that I don't even have to think about. It's easier um, to do it than not to do it at this point. And it gets me where I want to be. It keeps me healthy. It keeps me fit. Um, but I, that was the, all that was diligent. I had to, had to create those habits for myself because when I was just focused on trying to work on business stuff, all that stuff went out the window. Wait, so let me get this straight. I just had to put something together. Yeah. So you started eating too many chips. Now I'm chasing 250 workouts in a year. That's how this works? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. Trickle-down leadership. I'm That's telling right. you. And not just me. There are a couple of other people, uh, quite a few actually, chasing that. Uh, some were already there. Let's yeah. acknowledge that. I was not one of those. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you, you, you'll you do your body scan, and I'm pretty confident it'll be the best one you've ever done. Oh, because, I won't. I won't shut up about it <laughs> for the next 250 workouts. Because you've created this habit of, I show up at the gym and I see you now. Like you used to come uh, one or two classes, class times every single. Those are the only class times you went to. Mm-hmm. And then if you weren't there, you just weren't there. And now I'll see you there at lunchtime, or I'll see you there at a 6:30 class because you, that's part of your day, and it's a habit of oh, I yeah. got to come five days a week. So yeah, those things that used to be excuses of well, I've, in fact, the other day I told you I've got a meeting at noon and I've got a meeting at five. Mm-hmm. So I know if I don't get in here early, there's just no way I can make that happen. Yep. So being able to, to think that out and you're right. I didn't have to like listen to a motivational uh, speech by Tony Robbins to figure out. I just was compelled to get in there because I didn't want, there are enough things that you cannot control that'll rob workouts from you. Yep. If you can figure out how to control that, which, you know, a lot of this is habitual, uh, we do the things, do things over and over again. And I, what you said at the beginning was so important. You either have intentional habits that are leading you towards your goals, or you have unintentional habits that are sabotaging goals. Mm-hmm. And there's so much of that. And, and I'm, I'm sure on our episode on diet, we're going to talk about that a lot. But there are just so many things that we just learned how to do as children that we're still doing. Maybe we've changed the type of food, but the habit is still there. Yeah. All right. So we're building quite a strong list here: training, diet, recovery habits and we're getting to really the crescendo of the whole list mm-hmm. uh which is mindset and we love to talk about that here yeah yeah the last one would be mindset and and in my opinion mindset is the most important one of all <clears throat> because without the right mindset none of this other stuff is going to fall into place um but we'll put it last um just because it's it's not what people want to think about first but <clears throat> when it comes down to it really is do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset do you believe that your lot is set in life because of the genetics and genes your parents gave you. Um, and you're never going to really progress or change your health and diet is not going to change much no matter what you do. Or do you believe that you can have an uh, impact on yourself and improve 
in areas if you put the work in. And if you don't believe that, none of this other stuff is going to work. You're just you're you're set. You're you're going to change. But you know, we see constantly people who come in and put their head down and put the work in over time. They turn themselves into a completely different person, physically, mentally, um, all that type of stuff. And and so you know, I'm such a believer in the mindset because I've just seen people come in and people go over so many people over the years, you would be boggled at how many different people have come and joined the gym. And we've met, you know, through the years at our gym, at our multiple locations. And you see the people that stick with it and make progress. And you see the people that don't, and it always comes down to the mindset they have when they walk in the door. Mm. And so many people have this mindset of I'm, this is me. I'm this, this is how I've been my whole life. And I'm not going to change that much. And I'm going to try this, but you know, they don't really don't believe that it's going to work for them. They really don't believe that they can make much progress. They just believe that they're the overweight person or they're the unathletic person or they're the type of person that does this. Whereas the people that come in and make progress, they realize, like, if I'm the type of person that if I come in, I'm going to come in and I'm put, put work in towards something and it's going to pay off and I'm going to make progress. And they are going to lose weight because – they're the type of person that that works hard and and sticks to things as opposed to just being, you know, an overweight person. Yeah, the the passive or active way of approaching life. Uh, just personally for me listening to you talk, man, my my grandfather died of a heart attack in his front yard. Uh my dad's already had triple bypass. Both of his brothers have had bypass surgery. And I'm thinking, man, what a gift Coyote has been to me. Uh, because I was actually stuck in other family patterns. I'm a cancer survivor. My other grandfather died of uh, cancer. Uh, he was barely in his 60s, you know. And uh, so I'm fighting some family trends that I could actually medically say, well, I, I just have a cancer history and a heart history in my family. But if I look at it from a growth mindset point of view, none of those people that I just referenced had a consistent exercise routine when they were 42 years old. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeking to have a growth mindset attacking even family history. You mentioned genetics and all that stuff. We've actually been trained in our society to accept certain things passively. You know, well, this is genetic and I'm never going to be able to defeat this or because of my economic status, I'm never going to be able to eat healthy because and. 99% 99% of that stuff just isn't true. Right. There this are ways around that. You can figure out ways around that. And um, this is the, I think we put it last, uh, you said, because most people don't want to think about it first, which is a great way to say that. Uh, but also it's one of those results that happens when you attack a few of these things in the correct way. This is how it worked for me. Eventually you're, you're going to develop a growth mindset because you get these really small victories over time you get a double under in a workout and you realize, wait a minute, I have limited myself in a way that I really shouldn't have, you know, mm-hmm. or you log a score in sugar water. You're like, oh my gosh, I PR'd that workout by two minutes. I, I would have never realized that if I didn't enter my score. And then you start entering your score more and just, it all builds on itself. And eventually we say this all the time. You look at a person when they walk in the door and then you look at them a year later, you almost don't recognize their approach to their lives. Right. They come alive. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It it really is. And then what you also see, and I've no, I've made this observation over the years is a lot of times the people who don't stick with it are the ones who are the natural athletes growing up. They were not, they were always the best player on their team in sports. And when you come into, you know, and start doing CrossFit, doesn't matter what kind of athlete you are you have to put the work in and it it just it takes work over time and 
when they come in and they're not the best person in the gym within a month, they get frustrated and they leave. And I've seen that happen so many times because this particular type of training, it requires diligence and uh, consistency and putting in the work over a long period of time. And it teaches that growth mindset so well because it teaches you that you have to put the work in to be able to get the result no matter what what your genetic makeup is or what your background is. And so the ones that are able to grasp that um, thrive and they love, that's one of the reasons that people love it so much. And the ones that can't, because they've always told themselves, I'm just a superior athlete. I can just show up and beat everybody. And when they can't do that anymore, they either change their mindset or they leave. And so that's just something that I've observed over the years is sometimes the most naturally gifted people are the ones that quit the fastest, which is, which is pretty mind boggling. Yeah. Well, it totally dovetails into what you say. And we'll probably have to wrap this part of the episode here, but you say humble and hungry mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. Humble comes first. That's right. You know, you've got to really embrace that. And however, this uh, mode of exercise and fitness humbles you, you've got to be able to accept that. But then once you get past that, that humbling, you don't stay there forever. That produces a hunger. And that's that growth mindset that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's, that's very well said. And, and the people that, that thrive in, in this type of training over a long period of time, they embody both of those um, core values. And that's one of the reasons that we have such a phenomenal coaching staff because those type of people that stick with it, you have to, you know, it humbles you every single day. Even the best people in the world, you know, Tia Toomey or Matt Frazier or Rich Froning, they lose workouts all the time. All the time they lose workouts. And so you can never, you're never going to, nobody's ever going to win every single workout no matter how fit, even like Matt Frazier, who's probably the fittest person in history, Tia Toomey, the fittest female in history, um, they still lose workouts all the time, so it's constantly humbling you. But it's also this hunger to always try to improve, always try to give your best effort, always try to get better. And so it's uh, it's something that's beautiful that really brings that out in people. So this is why we're going to spend, uh, wow, the next few episodes yeah. kind of breaking these down because if you can put these pieces together – Man, completely change your approach to life, not just your fitness, uh, but also trying to pick one or two to focus on at the start to not try to eat the elephant, you know, uh, but to focus on a few of these. And we're really going to dig into these over the next couple of episodes and how how we've experienced them and how we can help other people maybe learn from our mistakes and the, and the things that we've seen other clients, mistakes we've seen other clients make to really experience success and keeping in mind that a lot of this is preparation. We're rolling into a new year where it's a lot easier to focus on things like this. You know, so we're really even now getting prepared mm-hmm. for what next year is going to look like in, in people's fitness journey. So yeah. pretty excited about that. Yeah, Man. it's going to be fun. Yeah, what a discussion. All right, here we go. Like I'm chomping at the bit here, as they say. Are we? You? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for this. Oh, good. And for what? Outside the box. Hedge mm-hmm. fund edition. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. I should explain. <laughs> Let me explain. So I had this idea yesterday uh, when I was trying to uh, come up with what we're going to do today on uh, Outside the Box. Uh, and I came up with an idea that I think is really fun. Uh, now, there may be uh, a few people that turn it off because they feel it's boring. And I say, you're boring. Uh <laughs> So my idea I think was, it's going to cause a lot of arguments, actually. They're, I think it could uh, 
trickle out into the no the, doubt the, the a few of culture. these spots like during the mobility cause a lot of arguments yeah yeah all right let's get to it my idea was the three of us individually are starting our own uh, hedge fund management companies and i guess in new york is a smart thing to do um delaware yeah the race delaware. to 100 million somewhere in the northeast for sure yeah uh yeah the i think the goal should be a billion dollars managed. A billion? A billion. Easy. All right. We want to be like top 50 uh, management companies, yeah. I guess, in the nation. Yeah, maybe the get, world. With huh? the type of people we're choosing, you could get to 100 million pretty easily. I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> so the goal was you get three, I said three, uh, current athletes or former athletes to bring into your company in whatever positions you want to put them in uh, with the goal of them enhancing your business however you see fit okay okay Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah oh yeah that's all the qualifiers there is they're going to be on staff with you uh your your use of them is up to your discretion i guess i guess whatever you think they'll agree to that'll be the biggest trick is like you're going to be these people's bosses that's a little crazy yeah especially thinking about you know my five nine self over here with uh However tall basketball player. They're walking into your office. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so we're going to go one to three. Like everybody just list their three. I say list your three. Because you it's your whole it's, staff. It's the combination of people that's most yeah. potent. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you, you have to be first then. Yeah. Because yeah, y'all need some time to think. No, I'm ready. Oh, wow. Yep. Are you just going to pick the three richest athletes? No. 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 I, have, no, no, no. I have very specific reasons. I want longevity. longevity. <laughs> right. not, not a quick hit. Yeah. I don't trust myself to run the company. Yeah. Okay. I need three people to help me do it. Okay. All right. Working under my tenure at this company until I'm overthrown by the stockholders. Um, number one, I think this is a, is a pretty easy pick. Uh, not the easiest, all right? Mm-hmm. But I tried to differentiate. I went with three different sports unintentionally, but then I liked it, so now I'm calling it on purpose. Mm. Uh, first one is a basketball player. One of the greatest of all time, all right? One of the, maybe the greatest big man of all time. Spud Webb, I knew discussion. it. Oh, yeah. sorry. You said big man. Yeah, sorry. Uh <laughs> Classic Shaquille O'Neal. All right. Okay. Shaquille O'Neal. This dude is involved in more business ventures than than anybody. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, investments. He's got media. Pizza. He, yeah. <laughs> he does. Great. We'll stop Shac- there. Shacaroni. I mean, when the is pizza going to be out of vote? Wait, is it Papa John? Who does Papa he Papa John's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. He's got money if he wants to put in. Mm-hmm. He can. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he trusts his own company. I don't think it'd be wise, but maybe he trusts us to manage his money. We'll I see. I could do it. But I trust him enough for uh, his connections, all right? Uh, he's willing to listen to the smart people in the room, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I think with his notoriety, his reaches, I think he's going to be able to get a lot of free information and help that's going to help our company. Got it. All right, number two. This is, I feel like this is kind of a cheap pick, but I feel like it makes sense. I went with Billy Bean. If you don't know who Billy Bean is, he's the uh, the focus of the movie Moneyball, played by Brad Pitt. So mm. anybody that's played by Brad Pitt and wanted to be played by Brad Pitt, <laughs> I feel like it's worth having in your company. Mm. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's the dude that reinvented uh, picking baseball. Teams, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did he play baseball? He did. He was a bust. Ah, um, okay. Um, okay. He should have gone to college. I think is what they said he should have yeah, done. Yeah, he, he did I think he went out of high school and didn't last long. Yeah, it's a mistake. Um, anyway, 
He uh, also a he, critical piece of bringing people into your company. They need to have failed in some way and learn from that failure. Yeah, yeah. Shatak, Shatak, Shaq was on eighteen thousand different teams, so clearly he's had to learn the lesson of working with people and chemistry and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like superstars actually. Yeah, he had to recede the spotlight to other people, yeah. even though he deserved it himself. Yep. Yeah, I get it. All right, so the money ball, the, yeah, Billy the brains. Bean. He, uh, he, thankfully, he listened to Jonah Hill. All right. Uh, what they did was they implemented like pure statistics baseball mm. built around getting people on base, whether it's hits, walks, whatever. I guess that's only two ways. Hits yeah. or walks. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter as long as you're getting on the base. So to me, that screams um, going with the fundamentals of what your success plan is. It's not risk-oriented, right? Mm. So I'm seeing Billy as, like, the cornerstone of the company and that, like, hey, this is the the by-the-books way. This is what's going to make us incremental money. We're not trying to get to a billion fast. We're just trying to get to a billion, Stick to the process, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and he completely transformed, um, I mean, some would say, the scouting industry. Well, I mean, the the Red Sox broke the curse because they stole, well, I guess took his idea Mm -hmm. of uh, implementation. So yeah, Billy Bean, my third pick, real, real dark horse. I feel like a lot of people could laugh at this, but this is the only one that like I had to really do research for. Like Shaq and Billy Bean, I knew off the cuff because you know their stories are well known. If you say Dale Earnhardt Jr., I'm going to fall out of my chair. No, I wouldn't do that. Okay, that would that would just be pure entertainment. And right? Yeah. Joy. No, this guy. Although I do think this guy would be uh, likable. Uh, I'm going with Alex Smith. Former quarterback in the NFL, concussion expert on the wrong end. Uh, but little known fact about Alex Smith, this dude got an economics degree with a 3.7 GPA in two years. Whoa. He did the work to acquire, I think, like 64 credits before even going to college so that he could get his degree faster and was in the midst of getting his master's while playing uh, when he got drafted. He's more than a good arm. Yeah, so he eventually he wanted to be a lawyer. So he started at economics and then was going to go into law. So clearly this dude is willing to do the research and the work to uh, understand the things that he wants to get involved with, uh, except football. Um, <laughs> ouch, uh, ouch. You bring up a good point, though, because uh, notoriety and recognizability now you have someone in the room that isn't that Shaquille O'Neal presence. Right. It's like, yeah, well, this guy, was, he's good at what he did, but, but like, now I can assign value to him as a potential investor because of, because of his ability with money and all that. Well, not yeah. even that. He just seemed like he's just straight out smart. He just seems like a round, knowledgeable, wise guy. Okay. Uh, based on his success in football, you know, I make the joke, but like, he went to four Pro Bowls and had a decent postseason career and mm. is considered the trainer the trainer of um what the heck is the Chiefs quarterback? Uh Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Um that sounds like a great resume on your sports career. And then also you've got a bachelor's degree in economics that you got in two years and part of a master's degree. I don't know, it sounds like a smart guy to me. Yeah, maybe the best way to say it in our language is he's he's not an A lister. But he's successful. on the list. Yeah. yeah, he is on the list. All right, I'll go next because there, believe it or not, there's a little bit of overlap. Great. Yeah. So my number one was Shaq. Great. Largely nice. because of recency bias, because I just watched with my kids uh, Hot Ones. 
and mm. he goes. He's a good episode. Yeah, he was a really good episode, and uh, he goes into the biggest regrets of his life and how he didn't invest in Starbucks was one of them. Yeah. And so he had obviously had the opportunity, but he also talks about how he blew so much money early in his career, even trying to do nice things for his family. And so you just get this sense, like this guy does know business, but he's smart enough to know when he's not smart enough and put good people around him. Uh, so just the way that he talks about it and you can tell Basketball is a huge part of this guy's life, but he sees it as a part of his life. Wasn't he part of the reason Ring sold uh, their company for like a billion dollars? Yeah, I think he was behind a lot of that. And so, anyway, yeah, I mean, people see him on a pizza commercial with a goofy mustache and pretending to be somebody, and you know, wow, but, getting a check for two million dollars. Yeah, and he's he's also willing to have fun, and uh, that's going to compensate for my um, old man curmudgeonness. Yeah, you know, how and, cool would it be? To say Shaq is taking care of my money for me. Yeah, exactly. Like, on paper. Yeah, so who's managing your, you know, two guys on the golf course, who's managing your money? So killing it. What? You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that guy, I mean, he's just got, he's an incredibly talented guy and uh, really always has been in a lot of ways. So he's going to be my number one. Number two, Peyton Manning. Mm. Okay. I'm unsurprised by that one. Yes, because he understands, uh, unlike Shaq, he understands, okay, there's old money here and there's a lot, there's been a lot of management. I've got a famous father who has a lot of money. He wins a Super Bowl and he mentions drinking beer. Why? Because he has a huge investment in beer. Uh, also, is willing to kind of be a different guy to transform a system. I remember watching Peyton Manning play at Tennessee and I'm like, how this guy does not have enough speed to get to the running back to hand him the football. <laughs> so he just transformed how he plays the position. Uh, I just like his mindset and also the accessibility to a lot of other knowledge inside of his family. And there are other people inside the Manning family that weren't famous football players that are really good at business as well. So I feel like if you have the Manning family behind you, now there's probably a lot of baggage back there that could complicate things. But I think um, the ability for Peyton to reinvent himself, I mean, now he's like doing stuff with his brother and mm -hmm. just making money, you know. So I'm going to bring them in. So you got Shaq, you got Peyton. I also think they would be two interesting people to work with and, yeah. and see them work together uh, because they don't seem like they have very similar personalities. Last one, and this is totally because I'm a kid of the 90s, Deion Sanders. <laughs> All right. You need a guy that can convince anybody to do anything and believes in himself. Mm, that's a good point. More than the atmosphere. I mean, it's crazy how much this guy believes in himself and – we here in the state of Mississippi have seen a huge stripe of humility in this guy mm -hmm. just answering a challenge to do a thing. You know, and I, we haven't had lunch what or anything. Thing? I don't know his motivations, but coaching a football team in the state of Mississippi, like what – I'm so intrigued. What's that about? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, like is he trying to settle down some demons or whatever reason? The fact that he was willing to do something like that, and we all know that he doesn't have to, he's just answering a challenge I would have to believe for personal reasons – stepping to the arena in public life in a different way, this guy could be doing probably one spot per season for ESPN and make as much money as he's making being a football coach here. So he's able to do really big things for internal motivators. He's also had a lot of time in his life, especially in his professional career, to waste a lot of money. And so when he starts making a lot of money off this business – I believe he's going to be smart with it, similar to all the other guys. Mm. So if I have those three guys, I think I just have some really dynamo personalities backed by talent to face whatever issue may come mm. my way as we're trying to get to this number. That's nice. A good list. 
Thank you. You, you didn't even mention Peyton studying film. <laughs> you well, guys made some convincing arguments. I'm telling you. I mean, if you don't have Shaq on your list, Hunter, you need to add him. It's no, like, yeah, yeah. You guys convinced me. Uh, I think I'm going to have Shaq on there. Hot dog. Yeah. He's, I uh, hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems like the uh, one of the most down-to-earth, uber-rich athletes out there. And uh, he, he wears a lot of hats, so I think he would be great. Uh, number two, I really like the Peyton Manning one that you said. I was thinking about him as well. Um, I think he's really smart. He's very invested in a lot of different things as well. And um, I think he would uh, he'd be a great addition. And then my third was uh, Michael Jordan. I think you're Michael, gonna have Shaq and Michael Jordan on the yeah, same yeah, team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael Jordan for the uh, for the uh, I think he would be great at going out and get clients and schmoozing and uh, golfing with uh, p- potential uh, wealthy people who want to invest their money. He's now this issue you bring him up because I just thought he is a guy that would make Shaq better. I mean that's like Michael Jordan's thing. Fair. He's like I don't care if Shaq likes me. I yeah. mean, we're trying to chase a billion here. And I'm going to make this guy better, and we're going to get there. With that three, I think we'd chase $100 billion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One billion would be Just to make change, it a challenge. Right? Yeah. Yeah. A billion yeah. would just be from notoriety. Just to make it a challenge. And also, by the way, uh, speaking of uh, Deion Sanders, Michael does an interesting thing. And in, have you guys seen the whole Luke Longley deal? No. How Luke Longley, the big man for the Bulls, who was pretty pivotal mm-hmm. in their runs, was left out completely from the last dance. Really? Yeah. They didn't even show him at all? No, I mean, he's like in a – if if Jordan and Pippen are high-fiving or something, he's in the background walking to the bench. Did they talk about why? They, they went back and made it right. Like oh, they really? did, a, They did a whole like hour-long deal on Luke. Now, he had, he had a part to play in that. He's a, kind of an isolationist. But still, Michael Jordan – Michael Jordan sits down on a stool in front of a camera and says, that was a big oversight. We shouldn't have done that to Luke. Oh, good for him. And if you watch The Last Dance, the fact that Michael does that, you're like, whoa. Yeah. You know, so. He doesn't go back on his word uh, very very often. Very often. (laughs) So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should have put Michael on the list as well. Do we get an alternate, like, uh, you know. Yeah, put him on there. Not pictured or something. I kind of just took the challenge to not say Michael because he's an easy pick and probably a smart pick. Yeah. I just didn't want to. Kind of like the the Tiger Woods level. Like, Tiger's learned a lot of stuff and bounced back from a lot of adversity. And I just think if you're looking at athletes across all sports, Michael Jordan's the GOAT of all athletes, in my opinion. It's hard to argue. It really is. All right. I don't know. Pretty pretty tight little segment there, but I think I'm I like still – Yeah, I'm still like – I'm going to contact these three men. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm guys, uh, ready to start managing some money? Check your Twitter DMs. Yeah. I'm going to need you. I'm gonna need you may you. not know my friend Chase, but he had a great idea. <laughs> I'm going to need you guys to contribute all the capital here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really the glue that holds this team together. That's my goal. You guys all right. are just the backers. Wrapping up this great episode with recommends, do we have any gentlemen? Oh, you, oh, oh, sorry. Not, not yet. Rapid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got one. Okay. Um, it's the talk of uh, Instagram this week. Squid Game. You guys seen it on no, Netflix? No deal what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. <laughs> All right. It, just it came, must be intelligent it just if you're came this excited. On, no, no. It just came out on um, Netflix, I think, this week. It's been number one on Netflix all week, but it's a South Korean show, and it's really dark, so it's really... If you are squeamish, uh, don't like dark stuff, avoid. What kind of dark? I'm out. Like blood? <laughs> I'm already like, out. Yes, yes. Uh, so Squid Game. Just violence? It's, it's, 
it's, but is it real violence? Yes, yes. Yeah, I can't. Uh, all right, so I'll listen. Though, if there are any like drill bits and torture involved, no, 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 no. It's not as bad as it's not Guantanamo. But basically, how it is is they it, it's in South Korea and they recruit these people who are in debt. They can't, you know, they owe a whole bunch of money. They or they're completely broke. They don't have anything to their name. Their life is in shambles. Whatever, and they all take they take them to this place where they're going to play this game. Uh, these games, six games, and um, if they win, at the end of the six games, they win a lot of money. They don't really know much about it, so everybody's like, yeah, I'll play, whatever. So they all sign this contract. And then they, and it's like the first game is um, red light, green light, and they start playing, and then all of a sudden, like, when people get eliminated, they just start killing them. And, like, people are like, oh, my, whoa, I didn't realize, like, this is what was going Stakes on. Stakes are high. Yeah, huh? yeah. so then... So then the uh it keeps going and they um anyways they play children's games and the losers of the games each round um get killed and the uh the lo- the more people that get killed the more, the bigger the prize purse gets and it was in uh one I, I don't I'm not sure how you pronounce it but um it basically came down to like they already had like 40 million in the prize purse after uh, 40 million US dollars in the prize purse after two. So everybody's like wanting to continue playing the game, even though if you lose, you die. But they're all just like, you know, my life is is in shambles anyways. I might as well go for it. So anyways, it's really, really, really good. It's one of those, like, once you start getting into it, you just can't stop. So there, I think it's nine episodes on Netflix. Highly, highly recommend it uh, if you like that kind of stuff. Mm. So this brings up larger societal issues of taking advantage of people in a, in a poor state oh, yeah. yeah, and then offering them and strictly there's got to be an element of whoever's putting this on just needs a little entertainment. Like it's oh, a yeah. modern gladiator story. Right? Oh yeah. There's, there's the greatest there's what people is the, watching it. Yeah. On, on the cameras. What's that book called? The short story? The greatest, the longest game, the greatest game, longest game, the most interesting game. <laughs> Are you talking about when they hunt people? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah. No, I read it. They made a movie cool. on that too. I think the most dangerous game, I think. All right, I'm going to jump into this uh, these recommends because if you'll remember, I recommended Val without ever watching it and then watched it and was probably the most proud of that recommend of anything I've said here. Yeah, it was ballsy. Yeah, and it worked. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to try it again. These are things that I know about because I've heard a little bit about them and been pulled into conversations about them. Uh, so they're both books, believe it or not. Uh, the first one is 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. For the better. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Just a very interesting thing. to. I think it's probably worth a read. It's on Audible, which is also why I'm recommending it. It's definitely worth a listen. I mean, that's easy. Uh, you can listen on your phone. Um, but to, t- <laughs> to talk about how these things, these devices that are fairly new on the timeline of history, how they are affecting the way we're going about doing life. I think that's going to be a really interesting read. I'm downloading it on Audible as we speak so that uh, within three or four episodes, we can either thumbs up or thumbs down what I will call a new part of this segment, the blind recommend. All right. The blind recommend. The blind recommend, okay? The second blind recommend that I have is uh, is also a book, and I actually heard a lot about this book on a podcast that I re- listened to recently um, it's a book about Bobby Knight and it's an old book. It's called a season on the brink. Yeah. And I've it, read it. 
you've read it. So it, it digs into, you know, Bobby Knight, who, who isn't aware of Bobby Knight, the video of him throwing the chair across the court yeah. and all of that. But the way that it, it describes, and I think the reason that it's so interesting to me now is that I'm really digging into what do men, especially with unusual amounts of power, how does it affect the way that they treat other people? And it feels like Bobby Knight is just a case study in being insulated from, I mean, he was just a train wreck of a man and a lot because of his history, but the university protected him over and over and over again. And we're seeing the dangers of that, just how pervasive that is in our society. So do you think it's, having read it, do you think it's a good recommend or is it too in the weeds? It's definitely, oh no, it's a great one. I mean, it's definitely right, right along with what you're looking for. And I mean, it's just the whole, the story of a whole season that just doesn't turn out the way they want it to. And it is, yeah, I mean, it just makes you like, I don't see how anybody ever played for him. Honestly. I mean, it's awful. And like talking, they talk to the people that you, that when they got done playing for him and how much they wish they would have gone to a different school, even though they won a national championship and all this type of stuff is crazy. Yeah. To experience success and then regret how you got there. That's tough. And the most, really the most interesting part of this interview, I was listening to the guy that wrote it, who was uh, a reporter and the thing that he was talking about was the the largest difficulty was trying to get in to get the story because the people who had experienced it were unwilling to talk because they grew up in the in this great state and they were afraid that their family his their family future would be compromised if they spoke against Bobby Knight like that's Hitler level stuff right there and really really spooky all around you're welcome yeah all around basketball. I don't know. I think it's a book that even if you don't care about Bobby Knight or Indiana or sports, there's enough in there for you to be like, whoa, this is a new world I didn't know anything about. So I'm planning on reading that one as well. Speaking of all roads leading to Hitler, um, I think I may have recommended this before, but I'm not confident. Okay. So I'm going to like halfway recommend it just in case I've, nobody's going to remember. So now we have a blind recommend and a double recommend. Potentially. One, <laughs> one and a half. Okay. Wow. Uh, if I haven't recommended it before, then I fully support you watching this. But uh, it's on Netflix. It's called World War II in Color or World War II Events in Color. Events of World War II. You in have color. recommended, but not in this Not format. here. Yeah, not here. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, so if you haven't watched it before, what they do, there's this company, I don't think they're the only ones now, but they take old war footage that's like eight millimeter, like varying frame rates. Cause you're literally hand cranking this camera to, to make it record and stabilize it, turn it, uh, quote unquote, like three dimensional and then apply, uh, accurate coloring to it as best they can with what they're dealing with. It's impressive. It's crazy. Yes. But the they picked the perfect thing to to like really go uh like their first step in like doing this and to in doing World War 2 because it re like seeing all this stuff you've seen before but with color like it it changes your perspective cuz like the black and white kind of for some reason it feels like a separation and like this it brings feels like the not event quite closer. Re- yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's weird. It's weird seeing Hitler's skin tone. You know what exactly I mean? Exactly what I was gonna talk about, skin tone. And then yeah. the other thing is like when you see the Pacific Ocean splash and you see the the color of the water in the air, yeah. You just like 
It's a beautiful recommend because even if you don't stick with all of it, it will provide just five minutes of fascination. I knew everything that they were going to talk about, and I still couldn't like Turn stop myself from watching two episodes yeah, every time. Exactly. You know what I mean? And they're an hour long. Yeah, they're so good, and they got the uh, they do the classic History Channel. Like, here's the experts we're interviewing, and they're narrating over the top of all this stuff going on. It's it's really really good. Um, yeah. I'll stop there. Yeah, good, good. Man, so we've got a show, two books, and I guess a show, a history deal. Yeah, right? it's almost like a, a documentary. Documentary, yeah. yeah. I mean, we were just, we should have saved some of this, guys. Yeah, Come you guys on. Are, you guys are blowing it all in the first, right. first episode of the day. Sorry. Yeah, stay tuned for next episode as we completely fumble through recommends. <laughs> no See recommends at all. <laughs> all right, bye. Smooth sounds.